again, everyone, and welcome inside the Adam Jones podcast presented by the Baltimore Banner. I, of course, am Jerry Coleman. He's the five-time former MLB All-Star. He's a noisemaker and a newsmaker sometimes, Adam Jones. Here in episode number 28, we're going to be joined by SI executive editor and 60 Minutes correspondent John Wertheim, who's interviewed everyone from Justin Tucker to Rafael Nadal to Charles Barkley and even Otani. Also ahead, Adam took a trip to Mexico, where he is right now. He's never, well, never in the U.S., except maybe later in the summer. We'll tell you about that possibly in a future podcast. But in Mexico City, not for uh, pleasure, it's a business trip, as the Padres and the Giants played two in the thin air. We'll talk about his journey and the tacos. We'll also catch up with the Baltimore Banner's new columnist, Kyle Goon. The Goon Squad has arrived in Baltimore Used to cover the Lakers. He'll join us for a chat, and someone's going to qualify for a Miss Shirley's gift card. But we begin with our featured guest, the aforementioned John Wertheim, who is one of the most accomplished journalists in America. He's an author of 10 books, and as I said, the executive editor uh, for Sports Illustrated, uh, where he's working right now, and uh, also a correspondent for 60 Minutes going back to 2017. John, like Adam, outside the U.S., uh, I want to begin with 60 Minutes, John, and thank you for coming on and joining us. And how you decide and pitch a topic to your bosses, essentially, whether it be, you know, Justin Tucker or Nadal or Otani, on what is essentially a news magazine program that has been around our entire lifetime. Is that a difficult course to try and turn the attention to sports every once in a while on a news magazine program? Oh man, um, I, I do as much sports as pot. No, it's you know, it's it's one of these things where I think one of the secrets to the show is that uh, sometimes you have some very weighty topics, and it helps to sort of leaven things out. So you do something on Syrian refugees, or I mean, la- last night there was a story about these really uh, disturbing health outcomes. It's nice that you can sort of balance it out and uh, end with you know a basketball player who goes and plays Aussie rules football. So I think, um, you know, I mean, I think that there's a threshold that has to be met. Um, you know, I can't do it on the number 29 ranked tennis player unless there's a really amazing story behind it. But I, I think one of the sort of keys to the show is that it's this, this variety of topics and also this kind of variety of, uh, of gravity versus levity. John, pleasure to have you on the Adam Jones podcast. Um, I want to know your the best interviews, the most intriguing interviews. You got you get to meet some of the, I mean, authentic people in the world, and to delve into their lives, delve into their systems of of, of how they became successful. Like who's just like really just intrigued you? Like, damn, I didn't know he was or she was that cool or not. Oh man, um, it's it's a good question, and you know, I mean, I think, I mean, honestly, one of the deep dark secrets of sixty minutes is that the people that do it really want to do it. It's a lot different when you say to someone like Charles Barkley or you know whoever Viola Davis or Jerry Seinfeld, you say, "Look, do you, do you want to do this sixty minutes piece? And if you do, great. Here's what we're going to need. Here's what it entails. Here's what kind of time we'll go to Leeds, Alabama, and then we'll go to the studio in Atlanta. And if you don't want to do it, that's cool. But we're not going to, you know, no one's going to ambush you. It really changes the dynamic because you know that the person you're sitting across from." has done this voluntarily and in theory, they want to be on the show in theory, they're ready to uh, it's sort of like going on Howard Stern, right? I mean, he's, he's not sneaking up on people or he's not calling out of the blue. If you go on Howard Stern's show, you kind of know what you're getting. And um, I think to some extent, the same with 60 minutes. I mean, sometimes it's, it's great. You know, I did a piece a few weeks ago on Barkley and even 
even given everything we know and expect with Charles Barkley, I thought he was terrific and original and really thought through the questions. But, you know, a lot of times the best interviews are people that, you know, there were people that aren't used to getting interviewed. Honestly, sometimes it's the the pool player or it's, you know, the, the woman you meet at the market. Sometimes those interviews are every bit as memorable precisely because they're not celebrities. So as a, as a you know, correspondent, how do you get the the interviewer, the interviewee, how do you get them to relax, to get more comfortable, to open up? Um, it's, it's a really good question because I, I think it really matters. I mean, you when a subject is nervous, I totally get it. I would be nervous too if I were in that position, but it doesn't tend to lead to a really good interview. One of the things I do, you know, you sort of try to build some rapport and you make small talk and try to let them know you're a human being. But the other thing I stress, and it's really kind of the, the beauty of a show like 60 Minutes, it's not live. So if they say something and they say, you know what, I, I want to change, you know, I, I want to, I want to rethink that. I want to restate that. Or if they have to sneeze or, you know, whatever it is, I think telling them, look, this is not going to end up on YouTube because there's some blooper clip. You know, we're, we're having a conversation. Everything in theory is on the record, but if you, you know, say something and you want to rephrase it, or you want to take a swig of water, it, it's okay. This isn't a live TV show. And I think that, that, I mean, you know, the, the flip side is it's on the record, right? I mean, you, you can't go back and say, no, 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 I take that back. But right. I think just telling them, listen, th this isn't going to be on your local news blooper reel. These are two people having a conversation and we're not going to use everything you say. We're going to edit it. I think that gives people a certain ease that they might not have if you just go up and shove a microphone in their face with a camera roll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to know, John, is there one athlete out there who has consistently turned you down for that interview, whether it be for 60 Minutes or Sports Illustrated, but I would presume when 60 Minutes comes calling, people usually answer. But is there still someone out there you're chasing? Oh, man. You know, I at some level, yeah. And I, I think the name that comes immediately to mind, I mean, you know, how many long sit-down interviews has Michael Jordan given since uh, in, in the last 20 years? Um, but, you know, sometimes people, Adam, I mean, you, you know this better than that. I mean, sometimes people say, well, if there's one athlete you can interview, who would it be? And I always say, like, it's more what the nature of it is. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, Tiger Woods or you just pick your athlete. But if they're not fully invested and they're not going to come with sort of a, a full conversation, I mean, that's totally their prerogative. I, I totally get it. But it's not just sitting across from Tiger Woods. It's sitting across from Tiger Woods and knowing that he's, you know, hopefully ready to go to some deep places and not just sort of uh, keep it at a surface level. So, I, I mean, you know, M Michael Jordan, I think, is the, the white whale for a lot of uh, a lot of people in media. But I think more than that, it's like you want Michael Jordan, but then you also really want him. You don't want him to just sort of stay at a surface level with with cliches. Um, you know, I, again, I, I totally understand the celebrity, I understand anyone that's maybe reluctant to sit down and take questions that they don't know in advance and maybe be put in some vulnerable positions. I'm really sensitive to that. I, I think it's really these exchanges are, are almost sort of they, they can be really special and magical. I want to take a little bit into sports. The future of the NILs, uh, the future of, of AI in sports reporting. It's, you know, baseball. We used to have scouts. Now you just sit at a computer. Everything is quicker more digital um how do you think that is going to is, is going to change over the next i mean it's, it's here it's here now but how do you think that's going to change it, it's funny I, I heard someone say well you know at least sports isn't going to be impacted by ai at least we're not going to have you know robots playing at least athletes can't be replicated by technology and you say you know all right that's 
that's true at some yeah. level, but we're going to have the robots are going to be calling balls and strikes. And the robots, I think, are going to have a huge impact on sports gambling, on the way sports are covered. Um, I mean, you know, 60, I'll, I'll plug 60 minutes. And a few weeks ago, they had a two parter on AI and you just you watch that. And it's it's crazy. I mean, I don't I don't think any of us know what's coming and how much this could radically alter things. So, yeah, I mean, do, do I think uh, that the, the Warriors are going to play the Kings in a few years and it's going to be five robots against five robots? No, but I think a lot about this whole sports experience from the data, like you say, um, analytics, talent assessment. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's still two athletes and it's still pressure and comebacks and courage and everything we love about sports. But I think a lot about the sports infrastructure is, is really going to change. And, um, and NILs, I mean, I, I'm so torn on this because, you know, anyone that looks at the business of college sports and says, oh, yeah, these guys should get a scholarship and shut up. Um, anyone that see, you know, the, the Ohio State Athletic Department just reported their numbers. So it's more than $250 million oh. in revenue. And you sort of say, you know what? You got strength and conditioning coaches making a million bucks. You got a head coach making eight figures saying to these athletes, hey, listen, you get a free ride. That doesn't sound like a fair exchange. But I've also seen, I mean, the, the NIL is just, it's it's wild west. And I think what we've realized pretty quick is that this really isn't about name, image, and likeness. I mean, for, for maybe a few months, you had to do some social media posts or you had to tape a commercial for the local car dealer. I think what we're seeing now is this is just commerce. This is just uh, a market for talent. And um, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm, right? we did a piece on, um, on Jackson State on Deion Sanders mm -hmm. a few months ago. And you think about where that story has gone and the role of NIL in that. And I think that's um, when you are not paying these athletes and you're generating the kind of revenue and selling their jerseys and the Big Ten TV deals, I think that's – we're going to look back and tell our grandkids, yeah, these college athletes paid for free. Can you can you imagine that? So uh, I, I think it's almost – NIL is almost sort of uh, the, the better the better alternative of the lesser of two evils. As far as uh, Baltimore, I uh, got to know you when you came through and interviewed Justin Tucker. That was an excellent piece, and uh, uh, he keeps doing what he's doing. Uh, what other – ties to Baltimore do you have? Have you been through the city, experienced the city a lot? Is there someone maybe in Baltimore you want to speak to down the road? I don't know. Uh, we do have a co-host here on the Adam Jones podcast, not me, who used to play there, who I know would love to be interviewed by you. But as far as your Baltimore, I don't know, memories or passes through town, what can you tell us about that and your experience in the Charm City? Uh, I grew up a huge Orioles fan. The, the Orioles lost me a, a, a little bit. Baseball lost me a little bit. I'm really excited to return to baseball when, when I get back and see this, uh, you know, I'm living abroad, so I haven't seen the, the pitch clock up close and in person, but um, no, I mean, I, I think I, I was at, uh, I was at Camden Yards for Eddie Murray's 500th home run. I mean, I, I have a lot of fondness for, uh, for Baltimore. I covered Maryland a bunch. Maryland is actually sort of Baltimore area is actually a big, tennis hotbed and uh my great i would say my my great mentor frank deford of uh of, of gilman i don't know what class uh you know G gilman class of 57 i think um, wow he's also from uh from baltimore so no i i have a lot of i have a lot of fondness for baltimore um i'd gotten friendly with with kevin plank and it's done a story on under armor in about 2001 and sort of uh you know so, sometimes you know, we, we have it with all of us, right? I mean, so, sometimes you, uh, you 
pick the wrong draft pick. And sometimes you, you pick Steph Curry. And um, I think in like 2001, I did a piece on this, this upstart company with a former Maryland football player named Under Armour. And uh, they're doing some neat stuff. So no, I've, I've spent a fair amount of time in Baltimore and I, I really um, have, have great fondness for the city. I know that it's uh, a, a faux pas to reference the wire, so I won't do that. But um, I, if, if Baltimore had an NBA team, then we'd really be in business. We have more coming up with 60 Minutes correspondent John Wertheim here on the Adam Jones podcast. But first, a word from our loyal, dedicated sponsors. Go out and support them, folks. They support us. The Adam Jones podcast is brought to you by the locally owned and operated Miss Shirley's Cafe, an award-winning breakfast, brunch, and lunch restaurant with three locations in Maryland. Miss Shirley's has been featured on Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and Triple D Nation, as well as Travel Channel's Food Paradise. Miss Shirley's Cafe has also been named Maryland's favorite restaurant by the Restaurant Association of Maryland. Visit Miss Shirley's Cafe in Roland Park, Inner Harbor, and Annapolis. Go to MissShirley's.com by Be More Around Town, which is now booking for their hashtag Orange Road Trips to Atlanta, Wrigley Field, San Francisco, which includes a pit stop in Napa Valley, and Yankee Stadium, among others. Learn more now at BeMoreAroundTown.com. By the very respected folks at the Weinman Company. By Hollywood Casino Perryville. To some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, and you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash. Plus, get up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, it's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By G-Leaf Medical Cannabis Company. Visit gleaf.com. gleaf.com offers free delivery. Medical cannabis is for Maryland patients only. And the Baltimore Banner. The Banner is offering six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar to get started visit the baltimorebanner.com slash aj we continue with 60 minutes correspondent john wertheim here on the adam jones podcast what's going on between tennis and pickleball it seems like there's sort of a snobbery with the tennis <laughs> and paddle community. and and paddle and something called paddle, paddle which paddle. maybe you know more about than than i do adam plays it over in Barcelona, but what about the two between, well, actually the three sports? I mean, are they looked at totally differently where there's a, a pecking order, John? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think tennis feels like uh, it's, it's getting its lunch stolen, and some of this is uh, pl- players moving over. I mean, there, there are college tennis players now who say, I don't, I don't want a career on the pro tour. I want to go play pickleball. Um, it's, it's fun. It's easier on my body. It's this growing sport. I'm kind of on this rocket ship taking up that what Adam references that, that P a D E L um, that they play over here. Mm-hmm. That's every bit as popular as, as pickleball. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, if, if, uh, if pickleball is uh, if pickleball's Twitter, that paddle is like TikTok. like everyone's playing that thing. I mean, to me, if I were tennis, I would be trying to sort of uh, you, you go be Taylor Swift, I'll beat Spotify. Like if I were tennis, I would try to kind of own everything and kind of be mm-hmm. this umbrella. Uh, there's a lot of friction, though. There are a lot of, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a big Miami tournament. And while the Miami tournament was going on, John McEnroe, Andre Agassi, Andy Roddick, and I oh, think yeah. 
gang. They were playing pickleball. And I think that was like, that's civil war. I don't know. Have you, have you guys played? I mean, it's. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty damn fun, right? Yeah. It is, I think it's just better. Uh, it's better on your body. You know, yeah. tennis know. Is, is hard. You got a lot of running back and forth. It's a great sport. I just think that paddle and pickle have opened it up for mm-hmm. everybody. I'm just saying less mm-hmm. athletic players. Because to play tennis, you got to be pretty athletic. To play paddle and pickle. You can be lesser. You don't have to move as much. Um, we have a segment called Baltimore, uh, Beyond Baltimore. As me, I'm always gone out of Baltimore. You're in Paris right now. You travel the world. My wife has a travel company right here. Free advertisement. She don't pay me. Um, <laughs> what's your best places around the world? What's your secret places that, you know, maybe I haven't been yet That because I'm going to take notes on this. What's your what's your your hot spots? Oh, man. I did for, for this uh, 60 Minutes piece. I was just in Melbourne, Australia, which is a great city it takes an awful long time to get there there is no sugarcoating the the travel time and the jet lag but once you get there it's magic you mentioned uh, otani I've, I've enjoyed spending time in uh in japan i mean you know it's, it's like we were talking about with athletes in interview i mean sometimes it's the circumstances you're there sometimes it's it's the weather it's the occasion mm-hmm. i mean a, a city that person x loves person y goes a week later and they have one snafu at their hotel and they don't like it but um it's never been easier to live abroad, to travel abroad. A, a big overall, uh, big overall support of travel in general. But if you need to pick a spot, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go today. I'm going to go with Seville, Spain. All right, John. We do appreciate your time. We know it's a work day for you, as it is almost every day, including Sundays on 60 Minutes. Appreciate you being on the podcast, and we'll catch up again soon, somewhere around the world. You know, Adam, his passport may have been stamped. Way more oh, than I yours. I would love that. to compare your passport. Oh, I should have asked him that about his passport. Like, how many has he been through? Because I'm through mine. Damn, I should have asked him that. Uh, maybe I could text him and ask him if we can get it in writing and, and or something. Yeah. Uh, but no, just send you a screenshot. Intriguing guy. That's that's what we like. Intriguing. Somebody who's been around the world, seen the world, not just been in one place. He's been around a lot of different cultures. That's cool. And one day, maybe he'll be in your home. All right, we will see. We will see. Uh, But first, I have to get that invite, and that's decades away. All right, let's transition into our For the Birds portion. We welcome in our second guest here on the Adam Jones podcast. He is the new sports columnist for the Baltimore Banner. His name is Kyle Goon. Kyle, congrats on the new gig. It was great meeting you over the other night at the Ravens draft. And you come to Baltimore, you're about to make your announcement. And Lamar Jackson signs his contract. What a welcome to Baltimore you got on like day number one. Yeah, I mean, and also, Jerry, on a personal note, it's incredibly validating because I know you guys both know I've come from covering the Lakers, covering LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and immediately kind of step into this fray where you don't know, hey, is this, you know, incredible star athlete quarterback going to be in the market for the years to come? And now we know he's under contract until – at least 2027, so uh, pushing that question off for at least a few years. And, and to a, a columnist who needs fodder to write about, who needs stuff to move the needle every week, it, you can do worse than Lamar Jackson, I'll tell you that. Hey, Kyle Goon Squad, welcome into the Adam Jones Podcast. <laughs> Lamar's done. We don't have to talk about this no more. I'm thankful. We do not have to talk about this. We could talk about the receivers. We could talk about anything else. We don't have to talk about the quarterback. I, I want to talk about how Jerry bullied you into not wearing a Lakers shirt today. They're about to well, start I round two. It would have been three straight weeks. <laughs> I didn't bring my, my Lakers shirt to Mexico City. I should have, uh, but I did not bring it here. But I got – I mean, I, 
I'm still repping the Lakers. But I want to talk about the Lake Show, though, because obviously, you know, they started off atrocious. And I'm a big Lakers fan. Been one since uh, Sedell Threet, okay? Nick Van Exel days. They started off atrocious. They they traded for D'Angelo Russell, and boom. They hit off running. Obviously, Anthony Davis is the biggest component to me because he's health. LeBron is always around. But Anthony Davis' component. How have you seen them just, like, what has been the change, really? Uh, the change has been changing the roster up and and – getting away from the mix of LeBron AD and, and Russell Westbrook to um, LeBron AD and, and role players. And I know Delos had a couple good games and playoffs, but essentially he's kind of a super role player. So you get a guy who can shoot around LeBron James. Traditionally that's been pretty successful. And for some reason, the Lakers thought um, they were smarter than everyone else. And, and, you know, I, it just it just wasn't working. They started out two and ten, as you, as you alluded, and yeah. and I was sort of this whole season, even before it started, I was like, what are they doing? Like, why do they think this can work? And after game one, they lose the Warriors, and LeBron's like, well, it's not like we got a bunch of lasers on our team. Already complaining about the roster one one game in the season, <laughs> it was just sort of illuminating what everyone saw that they didn't have shooting around players who are really dynamic when you have shooting around him. So I, I think what you're seeing in the playoffs, I mean, D'Lo kind of closing out in game six uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies with, with 31 points, a bunch of three-pointers. When you give LeBron shooters, magic seems to happen. It's it's wild, and the Lakers finally sort of saw the light about that. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 fun to see them um, kind of kick again. I mean, I, I, I obviously you, you look at them with an objective lens, but – it, it's cool to see LeBron's career extend the way it has, um, even though he's 38 years old in his 20th season. I wanted to ask about that. How is how is that been covering him? Obviously, this is uh, this is legacy. Um, I'm sure there's cameras following him for his own production company, as he has. Uh, but just how is it covering him on a day to day basis, knowing that like this is you can go arguably uh, one of the greatest athletes to ever roam humanity, not just basketball. Arguably, how? <laughs> He's still one of the greatest, though. You, no doubt. No matter what you say. No matter what you say. Uh, but how has he been covering him, especially at this stage of his career when he's opened up a lot more? Yeah, I mean, I think it just lends a lot of gravitas to a lot of big moments, especially when you know you're covering, um, as I was this last season, covering him becoming the all-time scoring leader, which is just a mark that a lot of people in basketball just thought would not be touched. It's really interesting night to night kind of seeing history being made. You also get a sense for – um, you know, some of the what I would call silly, corny things he does. I mean, there was a, a moment at All-Star Weekend where LeBron said something along the lines of, you know, oh, I, I have trouble. One thing this record has shown me is I have trouble celebrating myself. And it was right before the third celebration of him breaking the record. I was like, <laughs> Dude, what are you even talking about? Um, so he does stuff like that. I mean, after his game four win um, over Memphis, he said something along the lines of, I want everyone to be comfortable out, out there, leave the X's and O's to me. <laughs> and, and LeBron says stuff like that. Um, but a, a very compelling player and someone who I think just illustrates just how hard and special it is for somebody to be a superstar for that long. Cause you've seen young guys in the NBA. I mean, the future of the NBA, John Morant had um, very obvious struggles this year. Um, off the court and and Luka Doncic had struggles on the court and and there's the Trey Young is is his future who knows what's going to happen in Atlanta 
there's a lot of guys who want to be the next LeBron. And guess what? It's really hard to be LeBron and even harder to be that over the course of 20 years. A little known fact about LeBron James that I just learned. He enjoys pies, but his least favorite pie is humble pie. He doesn't <laughs> like eating that at all. Now, I do have to ask you, hey, a rim shot maybe later for that fine joke. But LeBron actually was questioning you, Kyle. Like, why are you leaving L.A. and the Lakers for for Baltimore? I, I took offense to that personally, but what did you I have to tell him? <laughs> Great question. Why? Oh, I, mean, yeah, why? I did I did live live by the beach and, and he's not the only one who has asked me that question. You know, it's just that's kind of the calling for me of hey, I wanna I wanna be around the community where I grew up. I wanna be around the teams that I was a fan of when I grown up, but I've also had the experience of of covering big teams. I, I worked out in Utah, covered the Lakers for five years. And now I have these tools and this perspective that I think is going to help bring a different shade to this coverage in Baltimore. You definitely have paid your dues. We appreciate you coming on. I got the Warriors. Adam has the Lakers. So someone's going to be a winner on this podcast. And the other person will be Adam Jones. You had the Bucks. First off, you had the Bucks. Yeah, he's changing his team every week, isn't he? He's had the Bucks. I changed it to the Celtics and Warriors last week. Rewind the tape. Kyle, I know you got a column you probably have to write. We'll catch up with you very soon. It was great meeting you the other day, and thanks for coming on. Hey, great having me. Thank you, guys. Goon squad, baby. Yeah, you know, he did cover a championship for the Lakers. Of course, it was a phony championship inside that bubble, mm. but he did so, cover a title with them. Hey, here's a question. If everybody has the same exact opportunity, the same exact opportunity, the same everything. Four months is, off. Is it fair? I'm saying uh, For the Lakers, it's an advantage when no, Anthony why? Davis gets four months is, off is if everybody has the same exact advantage, their families weren't there, LeBron's wife was not there, other players' wife was not there. They were at a five-star resort in Disney. doesn't matter. Well, they stay in five-star resorts wherever they go anyway. But if you have the same exact opportunities, everybody else, especially in sports, I'm not talking about life because, you know, life is different. But in sports, you have the same exact opportunity as a team. And if the Warriors won, the Warriors would have won. If the Mavericks won, the Mavericks won. The Suns would have won. Asterisk, no matter who won. It doesn't matter. If any team wants, it's like the Dodgers. Every If the Padres, I'm a big Padres fan, obviously. If the Padres would have won that, everybody would have been like, yeah, Padres. If the Orioles won that, you think they're not going to claim that championship? You crazy? Well, that'd be different. That'd be a different it's, story. It, you're only saying it because it's the Dodgers and John, and, um, and Do- Dodgers Lakers. and the Lakers because of such big, big markets. And, of course, they are expected to win the full Monty. I get, I get that. But this year, they're going to add number 18. No, they're not. Eight. No, they're not. And they, it needs to be said. And you know what? I hope that it's Lakers-Celtics. Because, again, that's the best for basketball. The Whoever wins is the number one for overall championships. And, I mean, you're talking about two of the uh, best basketball markets in, out there. So that, well, the TV, that the TV networks will enjoy that, and so will the yeah. NBA, no doubt yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, they would. All right, let's travel beyond Baltimore where you are in Mexico City. It's not a vacation. It's a business trip. And you just mentioned the Padres. They take two from the Giants, a two-game series Mm -hmm. in the thin air in Mexico City. How was the atmosphere? And more importantly, how was the food and tacos? Well, the food and tacos were phenomenal. You just walk around. I just got out of my – just put on my shoes and walked around, got some pesos and just – just grab tacos here, tacos there. Um, but no, this series here in Mexico City uh, was important, not just for Major League Baseball, but for the country of Mexico. Um, 
the atmosphere was phenomenal. The first game was obviously great because 16-11, a lot of home runs, a lot of people were happy. Second game was 6-4, to four, a lot better overall baseball game. Um, but the atmosphere was electric. They're, they're still right in the high of the WBC. So, like, the Mexican fans here are engaged. They played at a fantastic ballpark in uh, Mexico City. It's a big league ballpark, but you're 7,400 7, elevated. You tap the ball. I mean, it, it, it was a bleep show when it came to the first game. But for baseball, for the fans, like, it couldn't have been, a, a, honestly, a better, a better atmosphere. And next year, you're going to have the Rockies and Astros that are going to come here. And Rockies will feel right at home. Yeah, it, but it'll feel. But I mean, it just it just adds to the mystique. You you got to understand, like you have to please your fan base in the southern part of the United States. There's a lot of Hispanics, and I think Major League Baseball realized that you have a ton. Mexico City's 20 million people. It's the largest city in North America. You can go there. They have the infrastructure to go there. They got the resources, the money. So I think it was a it was a perfect marriage, and hopefully going forward they continue to to have this. And like London is coming up in uh, two months, so baseball is growing. Will there be a Major League Baseball team during our lifetime in Mexico, do you think? Because of our the lifetime, thin air, because I, of the travel, can it, have, can it occur? I, I, I think it's a little too far, maybe. You know, Toronto being in the East is just fine. Um, but to that, Seattle is kind of far. You know what I mean? Yeah. Se- Seattle's out the loop with everything. They have to travel. With, they did the math on it. They have to travel a lot more than every other team. Mexico City would be that because it's uh, two and a half hours, I believe, to San Diego which would be your closest, your closest there, or Phoenix would be your closest. That in, But Seattle, their closest is San Francisco or Oakland, and that's an hour and some change, a little bit. So logistically, it could work. Financially, it definitely could work. Um, but expansion team, it, that, that would be, it'd, it'd be tough. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. All right. Let's move forward here on the Adam Jones Podcast and wrap things up with another edition of Socially Speaking Now, we're featuring a new twist to this segment as each week we're going to start asking for questions from you, the podcast audience, that you may have for Adam. And you qualify with your question for a Miss Shirley's gift card. The question for this week, AJ, comes Mm -hmm. from Steve Rudin on Twitter, who asked you, what pitcher gave you the most trouble against? And a follow-up, what pitcher did you love to face? So my worst numbers off a pitcher, John Danks. Really? Two for 36. I most com- One of the most comfortable at basket, he's a lefty, so the lefties don't, they're not bothering me. He's over the top. He's not like a sail herky-jerky. Two for 36. And a good story is uh, we're playing in Baltimore. They come to, White Sox come to town, and Showwater calls me in the office at like 3.30. He's like, yeah, I don't know if you're playing today. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Thanks is on the mound. He's like, have you seen your numbers against him? I'm like, no. He's like, you're one for 33. I'm like, holy sh- What? And he's like, yeah, you're one for 33. I'm like, oh, damn. I was like, no, nah, I'm playing. I'm busting today. First at bat, I get a double. I end up scoring. I, t- I come in there. I'm like, man, I told you, man, I'm a, I'm a busting. Next two at bats, six threes. And he was like, he looks at me. We end up winning. But he looks at me. He's like, all right. All right. You, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know why. But, but he was a comfortable at bat. I had a lot of rollovers and a lot of pop-ups, flyouts. Um, I don't know why. Guys that I love to face, Verlander Scherzer. Um, I have really good numbers against him. CC. Faced him the most in my career, both sides, both sides. But I like those guys because they are competitors, like extreme competitors. They aren't trying to just blow you away for five innings. They're trying to go 120 pitches in eight innings. These are workhorses. And I love that. I fed off that. I fed off their aggression. I was an aggressive hitter. I fed off their aggression. 
Scherzer, Verlander, CC, but especially when he was going mid to upper nineties, they're attacking the zone with power and not just you know, let's just do this. How they do it now? And this, they were attacking the zone, and I, you attack. I'm I'm attacking too. So those were the guys that um, that I really like to face. Uh, I was obviously they're all three Hall of Famers, uh, but I got solid numbers off of them because I just I think that just our competitive nature and just was was just heightened at those times. But John Danks, two for 36, man. I, I don't have that many strikeouts off of him either. I'm telling you, it's a bunch of six threes. I'm telling you. All right. Well, if you got a question for Adam in the future, you can reach us via Twitter like Steve Rudin did or Facebook or Instagram at Adam Jones Pod. At Adam Jones Pod. You can see it on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. If not, you're hearing it right now at Adam Jones Pod. And you qualify for that Miss Shirley's gift card. All right, definitely wanted to acknowledge, speaking of Miss Shirley's, our loyal sponsors. Let's go ahead and salute them. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by the locally owned and operated Miss Shirley's Cafe, an award-winning breakfast, brunch, and lunch restaurant with three locations in Maryland. Miss Shirley's has been featured on Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and Triple D Nation, as well as Travel Channel's Food Paradise. Miss Shirley's Cafe has also been named Maryland's favorite restaurant by the Restaurant Association of Maryland. Visit Miss Shirley's Cafe in Roland Park, Inner Harbor, and Annapolis. Go to MissShirley's.com by Be More Around Town, which is now booking for their hashtag Orange Road Trips to Atlanta, Wrigley Field, San Francisco, which includes a pit stop in Napa Valley, and Yankee Stadium, among others. Learn more now at BeMoreAroundTown.com. By the very respected folks at the Weinman Company. By Hollywood Casino Perryville. To some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, and you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash. Plus, get up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, it's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By G-Leaf Medical Cannabis Company. Visit gleaf.com. Gleaf.com offers free delivery. Medical cannabis is for Maryland patients only. And the Baltimore Banner. The Banner is offering six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar to get started visit the baltimorebanner.com slash aj also thanks to senior executive producer a six-time tony award winner his name is chip franklin unless that's not true but his name is true thanks for putting this episode together <laughs> go out and subscribe to the baltimore banner and folks be kind be real and make sure to be back here next week for another edition of the adam jones podcast 